It's time for Kenny D's favorite type of show. Woo! Yay. <laughs> and Joel's least type of favorite show. Yeah. 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 I'm not, <laughs> yeah. not yaying about the show. I'm yaying about the fact that I got some attention on me. Thank you, everybody. Hey, Joel. Joel, Joel loves his attention. By the way, uh, welcome to Bacon Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And Jacob. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, guys. How are you? Always, how it's you always been? awkward after that. It's like, after that, it's like we do our intros and it's like... <sighs> We have well, no plan. there we <laughs> are. I'm always like, I, I know you guys. You don't have to introduce yourselves to me. And there's only one person listening. So, <laughs> but they have they that, know us by they now. They have that condition where they forget uh, short term memory. And so we have to introduce ourselves at the beginning of every podcast. Actually, here's something I want to know from the listener, wherever you are. Do our voices sound the same? Because the more and more I listen to podcasts, the more voices just kind of gel into each other. Yeah. And I want to know if we have those voices that is basically the three one. of us just sound exactly the same. Maybe. Hmm. Well, maybe if I started using my real voice on the podcast, I probably wouldn't sound the same. And go. Hi, I'm Joe Walker to Bakersfield. Oh gosh, yeah. Could you use yours now? <laughs> Hello, everyone. No, yours is like it's time for Rome Springer, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Southern <laughs> Amish guy. <laughs> right. All right, guys. It's time for Rome Springer. Uh, Joel does your voice way better than you. Way better than it's me. True. That's, yeah. that's weird. That's Can't weird. Can't your real voice. Now I'm on the spot. I don't got one. <laughs> that's how I felt a second ago. Yeah. <laughs> Just use your killer B voice. I want to give you night call. Not Richard Nixon. <laughs> killer B. Speaking of which, though, thank you for okay. the positive and negative feedback that we got about our soundtrack show last time. It was really interesting to see how passionate people were about the show. Yeah, it is good to see. And how... People got mad we didn't include include certain so, so scores. That was the negative comments. Is that what you're saying? Because yeah. people didn't actually hate that we did the show. It was basically another Doctor Who show, yes. Um, <laughs> I don't think people really hated that one. You'd be surprised. I think six people started watching Doctor Who because of that episode. It's true. You mean the soundtrack and scores episode? No, no, no. Well, <laughs> that's coming. We're going to do a whole Doctor Who soundtrack and scores episode. All right, guys. <laughs> but no, we're going to do a part two. I think people liked it enough. They did. I think that we a part two is coming. And then a we part can include two eventually. the ones. And there were some that, that people said that I went, how did I forget that? Like Nicole mentioned Mortal Kombat. And I went, oh, you, you got to be kidding me. How you really dropped the ball. Yeah. I mean, a song that makes you want to learn martial arts or break blocks yeah, of ice. True. I mean, you, you, could, you could recite that right now. I could. And I have before on the show. You could recite it right now. But I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then other people mentioned other soundtracks. I don't I think like, he could, oh, yeah, actually. Of I don't think he could do it. No, I don't think he even cares about the movie. No. He didn't put it in his list. He doesn't like the movie. He probably couldn't recite it. Jai Ho! Come on! Anyway, so yes, we are coming up with another group of categories. We have some, but if you have an idea for a category for a future soundtrack show, let us know at BakerCell.com or on a Facebook page. Man, I put off getting started so long just to give you that opportunity. But it's going to happen. But also, please share us with your friends. Let them know that you can listen to us while on a road trip, as I mentioned before, doing housework, doing yard work. This is a great podcast to kind of have playing and entertain yourself when you're doing things that you may not enjoy. Yeah, it's mostly driving in at work. But you know, yeah, yeah, it can sell. It's a great road trip podcast. (laughs) (laughs) TM. And also, just to remind you guys, I think we mentioned it last week, is the bacon sale store should be launching pretty soon. <laughs> what? And uh, this is hard to believe, I know, Define in some ways. pretty soon. Yeah, that was a really tentative No, no, it is tentative. I am wait, not no, giving a this, date Is yet. this pretty soon like, you know, when Star Wars is coming out, or is this pretty soon like when Masterminds is coming out? Oh, no, it's never going to happen, is it? <laughs> Are we talking Star Wars Episode Eight or Star Wars Rogue One? <laughs> yeah. Jake, give uh, us a confirmation all right, here. All right, This is more... When does Masterminds come out again? We, know, we don't know. Probably 2017. 
yeah. masterminds. No, I'm thinking it's going to come out around no later than Doctor Strange. So okay. November. That's the first of November. I so gave myself a little leeway a bake there. And sell store, yeah, a bake and sell store where you can buy bake and sell merchandise, such as T-shirts and decals and yeah, coffee yeah, mugs. Like, and like we're building a T-shirt right now that's going to say, I am the listener. And I'm pretty excited about that. Whoa. That'll be fun. I think, I like I think there's going to be fights. I think if, the, if someone wears that shirt and then sees someone else wearing that shirt, there will be a fight to the death. No, no. <laughs> to the death. No, nope. they're going to hug. They're going to hug. <laughs> just they're going to hug. They're going to hug. You think? Yeah. It's like right. listener. I'm the listener. Hugs. I've seen the comment section. There are no hugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> some of the that's digital. You know. All right, let's get to what we're actually going to talk about. Yeah, today. I guess we have to. Kent's favorite uh, <laughs> thing to talk okay. about on the show. Can I just bring up something? I just want to talk about it because this is something. Obviously, it's been bubbling under the surface. But yes, Joel. Whenever we talk about what show we're going to do next, uh, every time we're like, so what do we think we're going to do, you know, coming up in this month? And Kent's like, can we do a pitch show every week? Can we pitch? Can we pitch things? I want to pitch things. Can we pitch it? Like, like baseballs? Is that what you mean? Pretty much. Because all you want to do is just get out there and start flinging pitch ideas in the hopes that some Hollywood producer is listening and that he'll be like, you know, that's a good idea. We should greenlight that. Contact this uh, Kenny D fella and let's see if we can get him. The thing in the is, studio. they're contacting Jake and Jake's not answering his email. So that's <laughs> that's why I want to keep doing it. Just they're keep like, reaching out. We hear Kate Beckinsale really likes your podcast. <gasps> yep. She's still following us on Twitter. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm really worried about the day where she stops. Yeah. She's just like, yeah, these guys really only tweet about their own podcast. <laughs> yeah. Not me at all. Yeah. Until Underworld 5 when we have our marathon. Yes. Anyway, so I really love I love pitch shows. Why? Just because it gives us a chance, gives us a chance to be creative, to mix it up a little bit. Because we always talk about other people's work, and we're like, here's we're the best We're still talking uh, about other people's work. But it is our spin on it. We're essentially, okay, this is... This is fanfic. It's fanfic. That's exactly what yeah, I was going to say. Is. This is <laughs> Kent giving his fanfic, and I think it's what I was born for. Fan fiction for you non-geeks out there. <laughs> You know, when fan, yeah. fan, fan, yeah, if you don't understand fanfic, all right, all right, all right. Don't Google fanfic. So Joel, Joel, Joel hits it out him. yet. This is a pitch show. And yes. what we're going to be pitching specifically. Well, not, not yet, because I just want to get to the point that. Oh, my gosh. So I didn't want to do it. I, I, I never like to do these shows because Kent comes up with these long, elaborate pitches that are like. Keyword long. Basically, he's writing the screenplay, and I write a blurb that's about a sentence and be like, hey, what if they the characters did this? And then Jake and I start judging you and, and then, rebuking. Yeah. Oh, and the listener comes in. They're like, that was a terrible idea, Joel. And I'm like, <laughs> I like, that's ever happened. Didn't notice it has. Oh, has it? It has. Oh, that's pretty funny. Except though. for that one time where you said Tom Hiddleston could be a good James Bond. And we're like, you're an idiot, Joel. And then it's like, talk about the James Tom Bond Hiddleston, show. possible next James Bond. Remember that? I tried to block that show out of my memory. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about with this, go back and listen to that. Which do you remember the title? That was the Were James you, Bond. Uh, Bond ba- Bath and Beyond. Bond Bath and Beyond. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> we are so funny. I'm still amused Our with titles. You should listen to my pitch at the end. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Seriously, go back and listen to but the I told Kent, James Bond pitch. I told there. Kent, I, I, don't, I don't like to do pitch shows as often as he does. So this one came up, and he's like, well, I got an idea. I got an idea. I got an idea. Can we do it? Can we do it? Can we do it? And I was like, no. No, we can't. Unless you finish the Avatar, The Last Airbender, third season that I lent to you. I think January, <laughs> a year and a half ago. It was a year and a half ago. Yes. yes. It was in my drawer at work for a year and a half. Yeah. And then I, I watched two about a year ago. Yeah. And I've been sitting on three waiting to watch it sometime. And so I, one I told was in your drawers and the other one you were sitting on. <laughs> Is that what Precisely. I got out of this? Okay. Yes. So they All were right. both in your drawers. Hey, oh, <laughs> <laughs> love that. So joke. I finally, I, I just threw it out there. Like, yeah, if you finish Avatar season three, I'll do it. Kent binge watched it. <laughs> 
In a weekend. Yes. He watched the entire yeah. series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the entire season. Or did I? <laughs> I'll walk off the show right now. Really? You would? I'd walk off this episode right now if you lied to me. Okay. Do you want to know what I think right now, or no, should we save it for we'll another talk time? About it off there. Okay. You give us a general idea of what you thought of it. I'm, I'm happy to hear. Tier general. one. Tier one. Tier one. All tier right. one TV show. Tier one TV show. Thank you. Somehow, near near the end, I was like, oh, tier two tier. Wait, wait really how, high much, tier how much two? did you watch? The whole thing. He finished the season three. Season there three? are three seasons. There are three seasons in the in the first uh, installment of. But I tell you what, by the end, I was all the way in tier one, one hundred percent. Like tier one cartoon, tier one show, tier overall? one TV show. It's wow. darn good. Anyway, so all I right. finished the last Airbender, and so I kind of had to rub it in Joel's face. Like we get to do the show. We we signed a contract, and I was like, uh, why did why why did I shake on this? Because now we're going to pitch shows. Jacob, tell him about it. Oh, are you sure? Are you sure it's time now? Yes. Can I do it? I, I feel like I, we can delay the beginning of this podcast. Oh my gosh, we're like 30 minutes into this thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to be pitching movies that could be rebooted today. No, not quite. Kent, why don't you give your vision of this since this was your baby? My grand vision, my my baby, if you will. I want to pitch movie sequels to dead franchises or standalone movies that could have uh, spun off into franchises. That's pretty much what I said with more words. You said reboot, and yeah. th- these are not reboots. These not could reboot. be soft reboots, but they are sequels. For those of you who don't know, a reboot is basically taking the entire franchise that came before and saying, nope, we're starting over. We're rebooting this. We're start- we're- it's like turning off a computer and turning it on again. You can also remake a movie, which the reboot is essentially saying we want to start a whole franchise. The remake is just saying we're, we're remaking this one movie. And, and for any examples, we're talking Jurassic World, which will spin off a new trilogy. Because even had, Star Wars Episode Seven, which is starting a new thing. Yeah. Blair Witch, which is, you know, a 17-year-old movie. So a soft sequel, but kind of a reboot still. Yeah. Could be. Yes. It's a yeah. continuation of the story with the intent to revitalize the franchise. I think, yeah, I think we got it. <laughs> yeah. Man, I wish we just stuck with what I said to begin I, with. No, because you were wrong. <laughs> you were like, hey, how about we reboot a movie? Go. Because every <laughs> time you're like geek alarm geek alarm every, <laughs> we've already established you're not the audience of the show jacob and then you every, wouldn't listen to the show every time we come on the show we're like reboots are the worst so we can't be like we want reboots yeah that's, that's inconsistent true. that's true that we is. want we all want right. some good sequels all right so you guys each have three uh pitches yeah correct yeah. and some honorable mentions mm-hmm. okay let's get started joel do you want to start us off i'm starting us off yeah you want yeah to? joel start us off okay dude things are not good with the youth of today <laughs> Bill S. Preston, Esquire, and Ted Theodore Logan have noticed that their kids and their friends prefer listening to dubstep and dance beats, and they use words like bay and lit, and have no concept of what the word radical even means, thus putting in jeopardy the harmonious future they had so righteously set forth. After some discussions with their buddy Rufus, played by Jonathan Banks, the wild stallions learned that the future is bogus. It has been changed by an insane alien creature named Kanye from the West Galaxy <laughs> who has infiltrated our planet and altered the timeline. Once again, it's up to Bill and Ted to save the future and teach the world how to be excellent to each other once again. Bill and Ted's On Fleek Vacay. <laughs> on Fleek? You kind of stole me on that last part there. <laughs> because, well, uh, yeah, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Yeah, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, mm-hmm. and now Bill and Ted's On Fleek Vacay. <laughs> on Fleek Vacay. And essentially what I see this as is them discovering who Kanye West 
really is and learning that he is the reason that the world and is he a being from another planet he is a being he's kanye from the west galaxy kind of makes sense that's why he doesn't really have any social graces or anything yeah he doesn't understand how humans work and they can't smile on their planet no and he mostly he thinks he's the greatest because you know he's an extraterrestrial and he thinks he's better than all the other beings but in reality his music's terrible his race is called the genius that's why he always says i'm a genius i'm a genius he's not lying yeah no this one this one kind of confused is this original cast this is because i mean what's alex winter doing um <laughs> it is original cast with the exception. It's it's Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. Keanu would probably do it again. Well, and I, I did mention that Rufus uh, was played by George Carlin, passed away. I said Jonathan Banks because I thought. Does he make suits? He could. <laughs> Joseph A. Banks. That's what Joseph I'm thinking Banks, of. Yeah. Yeah. Who's yeah. Jonathan Banks? Uh, uh, from uh, shoot. Oh, Better Call Saul. Yes, Better Call Saul. Is and that who, Breaking Bad? You're thinking of Mike to play Rufus? Yes. No. No, but it's a grizzled Rufus from a apocalyptic future. Good band name, by the way. Yes. Grizzled Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joel. I, I, might, I might blow your mind a little bit here if you don't already know this. But right. This is already in talks. Well, no, they've talked about a sequel. But it's never quite got it off its feet. There are uh, 100 of these sequels that are, have been in development for probably 10 years. Yes, there's one of the ones I was going to do, I noticed, had been kicked around so many times. I'm like, I don't even want to touch that anymore. So, But yeah, do you want to take a guess, Kent, who I have direct this Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? I want to say Edgar Wright. That's appropriate, I think. Yeah, you always want to say Edgar Wright. Ah, yeah, he he does. Does. It's another one of your favorites. It's Richard Linklater. Oh, okay, great. Because I thought about it, and I'm like, man, School of Rock had that passion for you know rock and roll and i thought he can totally bring that to that and he loves the experimental kind of filmmaking and things like that i thought he'd be a good director so bill and ted's on fleek vacay is my first sequel reboot pitch are they going through time or are they just going through to other planets okay so in the first one they go through time in the second one they go to hell (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then heaven but they haven't really explored other planets yet they meet Station in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Don't get me wrong. I know the alien's there. Station. Station. Ugh. I'm glad that never caught on. And for good reason. It was the worst. Because it, it really wasn't a good phrase to use. Yeah. But they never really went to other planets. So I want them to be able to travel through the galaxy this time. And they're going to be chasing Kanye around and trying to defeat him. Maybe they could go to other planets and see how this new kind of music has ruined other planets. Yes. Almost like like a Krypton's been destroyed because of this music. Like Kanye has come to planet to planet to planet. Yeah, and he, he, feeds, yeah. he feeds off of uh, ignorant <laughs> music Destroyed listeners. Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. Jacob, now, yeah. now, Jacob, you are the green lighter or green light or pass on these uh, pitches we're giving you. I think I did you, did you watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? I have not seen it since I was a kid. Or Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? Not since I was a kid. So, I mean, me. I was actually thinking I probably need to revisit this. And I was like, can I endure that? Can I endure Keanu Easily. Reeves doing it? Easily. It is one of the, it's one of yeah, the, yeah, I'm worried. Hey, it's Missy. Bizarre, should not have Mom. worked, was completely ridiculous. But man, it hit the right note at the right time and, type of movie. And movies. Bogus Journey is not that good, but it's still very watchable. Yeah. I love them playing games with death. I don't know why. That just cracks me up every time. I'm greenlighting it. <laughs> yeah. And on fleek vacay. On, that, that's on fleek that's vacay. kind of where it's sold. And also the director. I'm like, okay, I think this could work. Yeah. I, I don't know about Jonathan Banks as grizzled Rufus, though. I, was I think to, he's who could play George Carlin. Could you imagine him being like, be excellent to each other? No, I think he's going to come in. Like, honestly, what I think is going to happen in my mind, what happened was they, they try to meet up with Rufus and they get Jonathan Banks and he's not the same fun loving Rufus type of guy. And they're like, what happened, dude? And he starts talking about how this guy has ruined music and, and culture and language. 
And then they're like, we need to get Rufus back. Of course, maybe a CGI George Carlin at the end. I think they should get Ringo Starr because remember Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends? They, uh, George Carlin was the conductor for a while, which is weird. George Carlin on a kid show. Yeah. And they had Ringo playing the conductor as well. <laughs> so I thought that was a bit weird. Yeah. It was a bit weird, but at the same time, I thought, yeah, I could see that. I could see Jonathan Banks doing it. All right, Kent, let's go to you. What's your number three? I feel like I warned Joel enough about this show that he, he overprepared. And he outdid me in every way. With that? <laughs> With that, even. I find this unlikely. My, <laughs> my explanations are pretty short. In fact, I, I basically wrote them Pretty to short be a, or pretty Kent short? No, Kent, you see, you've got a standard you got to meet here. And the fact is, if you don't meet it, Joel and I will mock you. Like, this is, this is, these are the rules. Wow. Yeah. I just want you to be aware of this before you start talking. All right. <laughs> wow. We're on your turf here, Kent. So I'm going to give the short story synopsis. And then give a little bit more details, maybe some of the cast, director, that Interior, sort of thing. hotel, night. <clears throat> it has been years since Clay witnessed his girlfriend, Christine, being dragged into hell. <laughs> I, I, just, I love trying to guess, and then I was like, oh, okay, drag <laughs> yeah. me to hell. Okay, after, after fruitless attempts to seek help, he gives up. Yet one night, he starts experiencing horrific nightmares of Christine suffering and screaming. These visions start him on a reinvigorated path to save Christine and finally drag her out of hell. Drag her out of drag hell? Drag her out of hell. Like O-U-T-T-A. Oh, okay. Yeah. So drag me to hell. Okay. The 2009 horror film by Sam Raimi. Which was really good. Really great. Like, really entertaining. Like it was one of those, yeah, it's not as scary overall, but it was a fun ride. Sam Raimi? Is that how you say that? Yeah, yeah. Sam Raimi. Raimi. It's actually pronounced, how you say it's it? actually pronounced Elf Man. Sam. Ram-I? Ram- it's, Ram-I? It's pronounced Sam, I I'm, I'm never sure. S-A-M is Sam. <laughs> Sam Ramai? <laughs> Ram- Sam Ram-I-M. Ram-I-M. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm kind of making stuff up, but basically, I'm Sam Ramy Umpton. So, this was Sam Ramy's return to form. He did. Sounds th- weird. What? Sorry, keep going. <laughs> it's Ramy. It's Ramy. <laughs> You're Ramy. <laughs> Your mom is Ramy, okay? <laughs> I'm my mom out show. of this. <laughs> so, he did the Spider Man uh, trilogy for a decade. And so, he, he had all these original film projects he wanted to do. They made a trilogy? I thought it was just one and two. It was just one and two, and then there was this extended dance scene. Yeah, I don't remember that. You didn't see that? I must have blocked that out with the Uh, James Bond show. It was a pretty weird music video, to be honest with you. Hmm. Thomas Hayden Church was there for some reason. Weird. (laughs) Anyways, so he had this idea kind of in the back of his mind, because if you remember, he did Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, Darkman, all this kind of weird stuff, and then Spider-Man was his commercial venture, and so he actually tried to get other directors to make drag me to hell. In fact, he asked Edgar Wright to make this movie in 2007, mm-hmm. like right after Hot Fuzz came out. And Ed- Edgar Wright, he said, if I did it, it would just feel like karaoke. What does that mean? Fair enough. Meaning like Edgar Wright, he it's res- not his work. He respected Sam Raimi's work. And if he tried to like duplicate uh, it, okay. Yeah. So I love that movie. It was in my top three, if not my like favorite movie of 2009. I need to watch it's, it. Again. It's a good one. Yeah. I need to watch it again because I, I really have only seen it once all the way through but I've seen a bunch of clips after right. that. And I keep saying, I can watch yeah. that again. And listen, so, Halloween season's coming up. If you're looking for something, you haven't seen that one. And is it, I mean, the, the spoiler is in the title, so I'm just going to spoil the movie. In fact, I think it's worth watching even it being spoiled. And so the movie is Christine. She basically wrongs a old gypsy woman. The gypsy woman takes one of her buttons off her coat and curses Christine to you go to hell. shamed me. Oh, so good. <laughs> just the whole movie is so much fun. And it's actually quite scary as well. And so the, the last scene of the movie is Justin Long watching his girlfriend being taken down by all these hands into hell Which, in these train, from these train tracks. Yeah. And she's gone. 
a lot of people got mad at it too. And I'm like, it's in the title, like right there. No, I was a little it's surprised. on the poster. I was surprised. You though. can't get mad when the empire strikes back when it's in the title. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't see it coming. <laughs> so in this movie, it's going to, it's going to take place. Like it will show, have like a short montage where Justin Long, he tries to see all these psychics and fortune tellers and gypsies. And this will be like the intro where he's tried for a few years to get her back. Right. Or is there any way I can save her? He gives up. Things aren't going very well, but he still has the button. Okay. And he sees her in dreams. and Only in dreams? Only in dreams. <laughs> and I'm even thinking there will be a... <laughs> I have... No, no. <laughs> I was going to go falsetto. A little nope. weezer moment there. <laughs> Only in hell. So do you have a full plot? Like, what's the synopsis? What's yeah, the, so... How's he going to do this? Essentially... He is, so he's going to have these dreams, and there will all of a sudden be all these messages on the mirror saying, find me. And it's everywhere. Greenlit. What? You're what? greenlit. I like it. Really? Yeah. Because of that. I'm already in. Wow. I think you just want me to be done with the... Uh... No, no. Keep going. Let's hear, <laughs> let's hear the rest. Amen. I might reverse You're this. Done. If the rest sucks, so, I mean... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he sees these messages, and they could be from Christine, because they're all like, find me, come get me. But they could also be from the demon, Lamia, who's in the first movie. Is that the talking goat? Yeah, that's what they try yeah. to yeah get into the talking goat. And so he goes to an old gypsy fortune teller played by Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett once worked with Sam Raimi on The Gift. Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you saying her name right? Are you sure? I don't know. You should tell me. Blanchett. You, you're the expert. Blanchett. 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 That was just Blanchett. Okay, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, you, that's Blanchett. probably right. Blanchett, good. Dun, 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 dun. I know you just made up the Raimi thing, right? No. That's not even real. Raimi. This movie. It's the worst last name ever. By the end of this movie. If you're he, listening, Mr. Raimi, it's not. We love your last name. <laughs> so it's dumb. The button is his key to get Christine out of hell. And Better by, than Ram I am. Whatever you were saying. <laughs> Raimi? Ram up them? Raimi. Raimi. By the end, like he will be trying so hard that he will have to seek the help. And this is what's going to start the Sam Raimi expanded universe. <laughs> the help of Ash. Played he's, by Bruce Campbell. He's bringing Ash into he's it? He's bringing Ash into it. And Ash, I don't know if they're going to end up in hell or if they're going to drag for another demon's universe. out. <laughs> but this will be the Sam Raimi expanded universe. You hate expanded universes, though. I, I'm okay with Sam right? Raimi. Ken is pitching an expanded universe <laughs> right now. Just be honest. Or just be honest here with me, Ken. Do you think Bruce Campbell still has it in him to be Ash? Dude, he's in the TV show. Yeah, he's doing it right now. But do you think he still has it in him Sort to of. Be Ash? <laughs> Have you been watching the show? Yeah, I've seen the couple episodes of the first season. It's, it's pretty fun. Yeah? Yeah. But is he still Ash? It's getting solid reviews. He's still Ash. I mean, he's the thicker Ash, but he's still Ash. <laughs> well, I mean, what is he, 55 or something? Yeah, but that's the joke. It's him. He's wearing like a girdle, and he's fighting He's fighting demons. Okay, so as long as they're acknowledging it, and he's yes. not the same person. And so I actually think it would fit pretty well and drag her out of hell. Just all of this, chainsaw hand and everything, because literally, I mean, it's in the title. It's silly. 58. It's, it's going to be a fun movie. He's 58. That's old. He's only 58? I thought he was older. Only? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. He's killing demons at 58. Did I get the green it's light? impressive. He gave the green light at Find Me on the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's because it was good. I mean, it's a good Message movie. on the mirror, I'm in. <laughs> I'm using that in all look, my look, pictures look. from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact is, is it's easy to pitch a sequel to a good movie. All you have to have is a half-decent idea, yeah. and people want to see the old characters. And it's and a funny it. title. It's like a grindhouse title, yeah. and it's a good follow-up. And there's a chance that Justin Long will end up in hell as well. That's all I'm saying. Justin Lin? You mean Justin Long. In real life or in the movie? <laughs> in the movie. Okay. Just making sure. Well, what You're do you think his chances are in real life? Ju- <laughs> <laughs> Pass judgment that way. Why yeah, yeah. I'd like to hear this as well. Well, he's a Mac, so he's not going to. Yeah. Oh. oh. All hell apple. Oh. 
can't. Are we ready? Go. Okay. <laughs> well, I feel bad because I, I didn't give, like, you did a good job of giving a synopsis of your movie, of the actual movie, because I realized afterwards that I didn't really talk about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or Bogus Journey. And here's the thing, though. I it. know that not a lot of people, I mean, I think it only made $91 million internationally. So I know a, a lot of people didn't see that movie. Everyone has seen Bill and Ted's. Any millennial listening has no idea what that is. Really? Probably. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Let us know. But I, I love how you went. I think maybe 91 million. <laughs> you have the research right there. I did Joel type research. Yeah. <laughs> he just didn't remember the numbers after 91. That's all. Yeah. It's embarrassing. <laughs> 91.75. <laughs> okay. I'll go with my next pitch. Yep. Let's <clears> hear it. <throat> and it better not have Sam Raimi in it. <laughs> you so. just got a green light. <laughs> So there's a mirror, and it says, find me on it. Wait, am I greenlit so far? Who's the director? <laughs> I'll tell you in a sec. <laughs> Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah, you should open with a director. I'm going to open with the title on this one, actually. And it's going to be... There's a colon in this one, guys. It's called Monster Squad, colon, goals. Uh, not greenlit, sorry. Monster Squad, goals. <laughs> Monster Squad, goals? <laughs> I would, uh, I wait, Monster, that. colon, Here squad, goals? Monster Squad, colon, goals. So it's oh, okay. Monster Squad, goals. Monster Squad, colon, goals? Anyway, let's not go sure. for a cleanse. So here, we, oh, actually, I have hell. Monster cleanse. I have hell in this one as well. Apparently, <laughs> we're, we're using hell in every one of these. But <laughs> sorry, kids. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. We're talking about the place, kids. So after the monsters were all destroyed or sucked away in the portal to hell at the end of the first movie, the Monster Squad didn't have much to do besides hanging out in the rebuilt treehouse. You know, since Dracula blew up the last one with dynamite, the gang grew up and became somewhat of a laughing stock in the town. Since most of the people who actually encountered the monsters were killed. And most townspeople blamed the kids for the town's destruction. Sean, Patrick, Eugene, and Phoebe have learned to deal with the ridicule, but Rudy has bottomed out. Rudy realizes the only way to prove he's not a joke is to bring Dracula back from hell. He uses the amulet and an incantation from Van Helsing's journal to open the portal. Dracula does return, but he brings with him a whole new host of horrors, including Deadites, Samara, Pale Man, The Fly, and the bat monsters from the descent. It's up to Rudy to reunite the monster squad one last time, which will take some convincing and try to save the world from the mess he has caused. Directed by Guillermo del Toro. Can, monster squad goals. Can we call it monster squad 2000? Cause that's basically what you did. It's like the next <laughs> generation. <laughs> well, the, the original monster squad, if you don't know, was about, it, it was kind of like, and you don't know a Halloween version. <laughs> you don't know. Have you seen it? No, I hadn't even heard of it. Really? Yeah. He's not our audience. Remember? It, it's one. Of, <laughs> I'm oh, telling come you. on. Nobody listening. Like it, one in, one in, nobody knows what this is. It's one everyone of those movies monster that your squad. parents allowed you to watch, but shouldn't have. Yes. Because I think everyone listening right now that knows monster squad is now quoting the line. Wolfman's got nards mm-hmm. because that's one of the main lines of the movie. Yeah. I definitely. Can, can I be honest? When I watched it, uh, yeah, please be honest. I'll, <laughs> I'll be untruthful. <laughs> when I watched it, they said, they said only a virgin can say the spell. Right. And, and well, it was the incantation. You yes. had to have a virgin to do it and things like that. And Wolfman's got nards. That's yeah. what you're going with. <laughs> here? Go to, this scene. is the movie. Here's, no, the scene. here's a scene. Ready? Kick him in the nards. Wolfman doesn't got nards. Kick him there anyway. <laughs> Wolfman's got nards. I hate this movie. <laughs> but I didn't understand. I, I asked my sister. I think I was seven. Right. What's a virgin? 
Well, that's the thing is in the movie. Okay, let me give the purpose. Not what's nards? Let, <laughs> no, every kid, every kid knows what every nards Every kid are. calls their better buddy and they call him nards. Yeah, in the 80s. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Jake, I'm going to talk to you at this point. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, because I do not know. Picture like a Halloween version of Goonies. This uh, Monster Squad came out in 1986, Look, I want to say. Just, and just 87, I pulled it up here. Oh, good, and just okay. to be clear, if the scale was zero to 100 and how much knowledge I have of this movie, it's zero. Really? You Literally know who zero. the classic monster Monsters are, I though. Do That's all you really well, need to course. know. Yeah. So here's the plot synopsis. These boys are in a monster squad, which they hang up in their treehouse, and to get in, you have to, like, answer trivia about monsters, like, how do you kill a werewolf, Jacob? With, uh, you know, silver? Yeah. Yeah, precisely. Ha-ha. I will let you know. I almost said a steak, and I was like, crap, no. <laughs> Ooh, that would have been bad. That would have been bad. You would have been kicked out of this group. So they have these kids who hang out and then come to find out there are real monsters in the world. And Thank they you, Supernatural. Are the, exactly. There so you go. I squeezed it in. Um, but essentially, that's kind of who they are. Well, but they're kids. So then Dracula comes along and apparently there's this, he gets, one of the kids gets Van Helsing's journal as a gift. It's in German. They get a German guy to translate it. Come to find out every hundred years, an amulet that keeps the balance between good and evil becomes vulnerable. And the hundred year date is coming up. And so they know if this amulet gets destroyed, evil can rule the world. Dracula knows this as well. So he's coming to find the amulet and he brings along with him the mummy, the wolfman, Gilman, who's the creature from the back lagoon. Uh, is Gilman just a Jewish guy? Gilman? <laughs> no, he's not Kent. Okay. Uh, I got them all right. Mummy, werewolf. Is this, set, is this set in the classics. 80s or is it set modern it's day? It's set in the 80s. Well, this was made in the 80s. But your reboot of it. Oh, it's 30 years later. It's like that 30 years later okay. kind of thing. Okay, so are they grown up? So they're all grown the same up guys. and it's all original cast. Okay, who is in the cast? You're not going to know any of them? <laughs> uh, I don't think there's any recognizable name here. Andre Gower, Robbie Kiger, Michael Faustino, Ashley uh, Bank, and Ryan Lambert. You know who I oh, want? Ryan to- Lambert. No. Although it's sad because uh, the, no. the, the fat kid, they call him the fat. <laughs> no, they call him the fat kid in the movie. His name's Horace. At the end, he's like, he has this whole moment where he like shoots the gill man. And then he's like, way to go, fat kid. And he's like, the name is Horace. And it's one of those crowning moments of the movie. But he actually passed away in pneumonia, of pneumonia in 1997. Is it better or worse than the Nards moment? So you're just going to trail over the fact that a, a kid died. But okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only not returning one. But it's got Guillermo del de Toro directing it because I think he has the good balance of wit and horror. And also when I put the pale man in there, I'm like, if we're going to have the pale man, yeah. we got to have Doug Jones. We got to have Guillermo del de Toro. You should have given it to the Duffer brothers. You know who that is? Yes. Yeah. Stranger thing. Do you yeah. know who that is? Well, you're looking at me confused. Okay. Jacob's like, I've never heard of Bill and Ted's. I've never heard of Monster Squad. Look, these guys Joel, are have new. you heard of Stranger Things, the most popular Netflix I show right now? That. I said the Duffer brothers. But it's Stranger And then you Things. gave me a look. You're like, huh? I was kind of like, why would I have the Duffer Brothers do this? It's perfect. Oh, you're, you're right. It is perfect because all they do is copy things from the 80s. Stop. You're right. Stop That's hating on it. That's what I'm saying, it. basically. Stop hating on it, Kent. <laughs> Just because everyone likes it doesn't mean you don't have to. Take that. But Monster Squad. Except, let, next time he's going to pitch the expanded universe. I for do own Monster Squad Stranger for you. Things. And when I say Goonies Halloween version, I do mean there is a lot of language. And I will go back to the, the point that Kent was making. There's a scene in the movie where they say, okay, only a virgin can write can do this incantation and open the portal to suck the monsters back to hell. But Kent hasn't explained what a virgin is yet. But then the, <laughs> this, what they get one of the kids' older sisters to come do the incantation, and it gets over, and they're like, why isn't the portal opening? Uh, and they look at her. And, oh, no. Yeah, and she's like, well, <laughs> and they, and they says, are you a virgin? And she says, well, it was just Steve. It doesn't count. And I remember as a kid being like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Don't, don't know what that means. Kind of like the Ghostbusters scene with Dan Aykroyd. Hey, we're not getting into that. <laughs> Still. Yeah. But as a kid, that? as a kid, you don't realize what's going on. Well, Jake, uh, no, <laughs> when, when a female ghost, <laughs> loves on. a male human <laughs> very much. It's she. Yeah. 
Anyway, so <laughs> no, Joel's I, the one that told me you've about never, that. You've never heard of this movie. I have not. I feel like you're not going to get the green light because and you have just, it on DVD. I have it. I can I can lend it to you. Yeah, I have it at home right now. Is it not on Netflix or anything? So is, is the jury going to be out until you see this? Mm. But you should know that it is widely known as like a, a really fun horror, or 80s horror flick it for is, kids. It's a complete knockoff, though, of like this kid cool horror. Yeah. And they have this. Honestly, if I may spoil the end scene for you, mm-hmm. after the monsters go back to hell, the military shows up. And they're like ready to fight, and they realize the monsters are all gone. And the kids are, they're like, "Well, what happened? And who are you guys?" And the kids go, "We're the Monster Squad." And they hand him a business card that says "Monster Squad" on it, and that's the end of the movie. All my <laughs> friends are heathens, don't you know? Take it slow. <laughs> if you like Supernatural and Justified, you'll love Monster Squad. That's what they said I'm on the in. poster. So <laughs> Sam and Dean show up. It's an expanded universe. <laughs> oh, that, they that's could, what he should have ended Sam with. Sam and Dean could totally show up in this movie because that fits exactly what they're doing. These monsters show up, yes. and they're like, "We don't know what to do." And they come in. Perfect. Well, I, I I don't know. Can I tell you why it works? Okay. That it would use these newer characters that newer audiences are familiar with, like Pale Man or Samara, who is from 2002, but still, it's not quite the Frankenstein. It's not the mummy, which people aren't afraid of anymore. Well, it's these new demons. Yeah, a lot of the demons monsters were destroyed in the first movie, so I had to come up with a new cast. Anyway. Yeah. And you've got a director that's not going to screw it up, really. I hope not. Even All right. He screwed up Green lit it is. Man, am Yay! I going to turn anything down here? Well, maybe this next one. <laughs> All right, kid. Are you ready? No, go for it. It's been 20 years since Enola and her group found the island. Yet a recent outbreak forces her to leave her home and stray into the dangerous waters filled with bloodthirsty ravagers, warlords, and sea monsters. You don't know what it is yet? No. Lost? She soon finds herself in the middle of a horrible war. The island? It's her hope that she can find the mariner in time and save everyone that makes their home on the once fabled dry land. Ah, it's this Water summer. World. Water World. This summer, Tina Margarina returns in Water World War Z. <laughs> <laughs> Two. No Z. <laughs> Just Water World War. Water World Wars. Alternate title, it's a small one. Water World after all. <laughs> <laughs> Is Kevin Costner in it? Kevin Costner will be in it. In fact, let me describe how he's in it because I don't know if you guys remember watching Water World from 19... 19- 95? Yeah. Yeah, it came out in July of 1995. There's no Monster Squad. I know what this is. <laughs> Everyone knows what Waterworld is because it's seen as a failure. Which is a never, bomb. I liked it when I saw it's it. It's because it's super long and they and the budget was gigantic. The, the budget was the biggest of its time until Titanic. It was $175 million. Oh, okay. And it actually made Global Take $264 million. So after advertising and everything, it probably made $15 million. So it's, it's not actually a loss. No, but people thought it was. They thought it was a huge flop. Well, yeah. that's because they expected a whole lot out of Dances with Wolves guy, basically. Right. right? And, I mean, and Ke- this was like the height of Kevin Costner, like in the 90s. Because was there he, another one? Was this before after The, the Postman? Or this whatever? was right before The Postman. And The Postman was actually seen as a bigger disappointment, even I, though it didn't cost. You know, I still didn't see that one. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it either. I, I, I looked I at it and went, nah, it doesn't. It, how is it? And? It's not bad. Wait, you saw The Postman, but you didn't see Monster Squad? Darn right. <laughs> <laughs> He's proud what of it. What kind of childhood did you have? Uh, apparently, have, we, have you seen Goonies? Yeah. Okay. I remember that old that old nonsense. <gasps> I'm just messing with you now. So, Waterworld. If anyone hasn't seen it, this is from like we said, 1995. It was a story where the world has been covered, and it's apparently taking place in 2500. The world is covered due to the melting of the of the ice caps. I just made a Waterworld joke, like 
earlier this week. Really? It was some, it was on Twitter. It uh, was fake. Cell account. It was just like oh, it was so. Someone said they saw the masterminds. It was Mark. Mark saw, said he saw the masterminds trailer and he felt like it was like this fabled legend. And I went, <laughs> "Dry land is not a myth. I've seen it." You know that's actually never said in the film. I know it's from Cable Guy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and actually, this uh, movie has been debunked by science as well, because even if the ice caps all melted... Has it been debunked by Al Gore? Because <laughs> if the polar ice caps melt, you're going to get penguins in your deserts. <laughs> I've never heard your Al Gore. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> like, that just made my night. <laughs> it really did. But actually, the ocean would only rise about, I think they said, from 40 to 100 feet maximum. That's an, so, that's an inconvenient truth. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Al Gore. Did you invent the internet? I did. <laughs> so this movie was seen as a debacle because Kevin Costner, he was very arrogant and he put actually 20, like $22 million of his own money. 230 in, feet. 230? Yep. Thank you. I believe him because his mouth gurgled right at the end there. <laughs> yeah, I just had a drink. He so made- you're making a sequel to An Inconvenient Truth? Is that what we're talking about? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Ugh. Ugh. Anyways, <laughs> he actually, the director walked out. It was actually a friend of Kevin Costner, but he walked out at the end of the movie and Kevin Costner basically had to finish it. They had about 27 writers just try to try to actually fix the script. Joss Whedon actually came in and he said- Joss Whedon did Joss Waterworld? Whedon came in for seven weeks and he says, it was seven weeks of heck. We said, hell, he said, we said hell so many times, so yeah. I'm saying heck right now. Yeah, I was going to say, because that's not talking about the place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> kind but, of is. But it was a disaster. Like, everyone like of the main cast, they all almost drowned. Like, the little girl, Tina Margarino, uh, Kevin Costner, and everyone, they almost drowned. And that's kind of like this How one. did they almost drown? Basically, well, they're filming it was, on water, water the world. They just had a tanker that they were filming on, and there were like no bathrooms on it, and so, <laughs> so they go into the ocean to do their business, and then they would get tired. <laughs> Probably <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> Anyways, that's enough about the background. But it is a story about a guy who's a mutant, and he has webbed feet. I think that's the only thing that's kind of different about him, and he so he can swim really fast. And he's gills. Oh, he does have gills, doesn't he's he? Is he part of a squad that tries to save the universe? He's from- Gil. He's Gilman's son. Mm. Yeah. Gilman, I will say, I will say, jump back to Monster Squad. Gilman is more scary in Monster Squad than he ever was in the Black Creature from the Black Lagoon. No, I agree. Actually, the monsters are really good in that. Like creature effects are good. Yeah. Okay. okay. So for nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. So in that movie, so Kevin- Monster Squad. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Kevin- hold on, Ken. I want to hear more about this. <laughs> this you know legend Monster Squad. <laughs> All right. Goals. So they have a business card. Yes. Okay. It says Monster Squad. He melts down his mom's jewelry to make the silver bullets. Oh, that's clever. Okay. All right. I think Kent was saying something. I don't know. Uncle Rico's in it too. So <laughs> Tina Margarino, she sees a sale and it says, find me. <laughs> 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 no, but so she leaves the island. Oh, basically she's a little girl and she had the map to, with the latitude and longitude of dry land on her back. A and tattoo? All these, yeah. Tattoo. I think it was like a birthmark or a tattoo. I think it was a yeah, tattoo. It was a ma- yeah, it was a tattoo and it was a map. And Dennis Hopper played like... She didn't the- have to escape from anywhere, though. It, no, it was a prison. She had the map on her back of how to yes. get out of pr- hit her brother out of prison. <laughs> That's what I was and wondering. it got awkward after a while. Yeah. After <laughs> season four, wow, this show is all over the place. It is. <laughs> it so is. basically, Kevin Costner had to get her away from all these... They called them smokers. It's kind of like a cult, and they just you know live on boats and tankers and no, picture, jet skis and everything. Picture Mad Max on water. In fact, Mad Max Two was the inspiration for for this movie, and but it wasn't done quite as well. The fun wasn't there. In Wait, fact, I, like I think you're talking about the future one, but you're still talking about Waterworld right now. I'm still talking about Waterworld. Okay, but I do think if we get and sorry, I know it's going to seem like I'm copying, but if we get George Miller to make this movie, the guy that can pull off 
death-defying stunts. A video posted online of Mad Max scenes without special effects. The car chase, some of the car chase scenes. I saw that post. I didn't watch it though. It is insane. Like I, I watched that and I went, "This is real like danger." They're putting these people in, Mm -hmm. and granted, they're stunt men. This is what they're used to. They weren't like being careless in it. But it is so impressive to watch the footage. If you haven't seen that, Mad Max without uh, special effects. I think yeah, you know who you should really have direct this? And maybe you haven't heard of them. It's the, the Duffer Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of the Duffer Brothers? I don't know. This was made in the 90s, so I'll give them 10 years to, have to you still heard this idea. Of the polarized cops? <laughs> <laughs> no, tell me about them, please. Polarized cops are the cops that are on poles. <laughs> the North Pole and the South Pole. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, this so let me give you quite a, flashback. a little bit of story in this one, because I've more so talked about the old movie. But so this girl, Enola, she is going to be a Charlize Theron type. Okay. Tina Margarino is going to get real buff, and she's just going to... And you think she has the chops to do... Like, I do. I do. Uh, and I think people would love to see her in this kind hair. of role. He actually means facial hair. <laughs> Does she have chops? <laughs> get the lamb chops. Look at Charlize Theron doing Furiosa, and that is yeah. a spectacular role. Tina yes. Margarino, last good thing she was in was Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, Veronica Mars. Did you ever see that show? I did. I did see Veronica Mars. Okay. Yes, I saw Veronica Mars. <laughs> you're the one that recommended it to me, actually. I did, yes. No, I think I think she's good, and I think people like to see, kind of like where you're going with Monster Squad. Who is this? What's it's her the name? original cast. Tina Margarino. Tina Margarino. It's spelled R-A-I-M-I. She's also in Andre. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that chick, yeah. That chick. <laughs> Jacob, so, the fountain of political correctness. So she leaves the <laughs> island in order to find the Mariner because she thinks the Mariner can, can cure everyone or he's got the answer, but he's been gone for 20 years. You know, because he didn't want to be on dry land. It just wasn't his thing. Mm-hmm. No. But so she has this other guy. He's like, hey, I'll come with you. But he's actually leaving the island to find all these mutants and all these ravagers and sell them. Basically say, hey, I'll tell you where dry land is. You just sell have to. Sell them or sell them? Uh, sell. Like transport or purchase? And uh, He's barter. trying to get money for the location of dry land. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so they actually, the ravagers catch Enola and they put her in prison. But there's a new mutant around played by Chris Pine. Chris Pine is the love interest in this movie. He looks like a mutant. Oh, I thought he was a bad guy. He, well, he's kind of a rogue character. Oh, he's an too good looking to be human. I was kind of sold when he was a bad guy. No, you should actually see Heck or Highwater. There's a lot of hell in this show. <laughs> <laughs> That's getting you good reviews. I say Heck and then yeah, I just say I like it. But Heck or Highwater, he is so you good. Could, and if he, you said drag me to hell, you could say Hell or Highwater. He plays it so rough, too. Like he, he's Family actually, friendly or Highwater. <laughs> <laughs> he has, he's like a great character actor as well. Okay. So he's going to play like... You know, the leading guy saves her from prison and stuff. Also, there will be ice caps in this movie because a lot of time has passed. And so these ravagers have all found ice caps. And so basically... Ice caps are all gone, (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, weather started changing. And maybe, you know, there's new storms. And this whole movie will kind of be like the inside of the tornado in Mad Max. I was actually really worried there's going to be a scene uh, with Kevin Costner. A tornado's coming. He's going to look at Chris Pine and put out his hand and say, no. Don't save me, son. And I want to die. No, I thought there was going to be a scene where they tie their belts to a pole in yeah. the middle. Yeah, like oh, that's what I was expecting. Man, Twister. <laughs> oh, why haven't we done a sequel to Twister? <laughs> hey, now you're talking. That I would green this light. This is an F5, The moment guys. it came out of your mouth. This okay. is an F12. So all I, want you guys to, <laughs> all I want you guys to picture is cool sea battles. It's like Mad Max mixed, mixed with Pirates of the Caribbean. But there are sea monsters in this movie because sea life, it's 2500, has evolved to the point where man is low, low, low on the food chain. Ooh, that terrifies me. Right? And so this will be so fun to watch. I'm going to try to make it as practical. And George Miller's going to try to make it as practical as possible. And at the last battle, because it's Water World War, there's going to be this huge Z. battle. No. <laughs> this huge battle. And guess who comes to save the day? Like Gandalf at the Battle of Helm's Deep. Gandalf from Kev- the Battle of Helm's Deep? Kevin Costner. <laughs> 
in his oh. trimaran. So he's only in it just a little bit, but it's like this, this pivotal moment right at the end. Which that's how these should be. Yes. You should have like the, the original cast coming in, but you know, if they can't. Like Ghostbusters? Is own. that what you mean? Maybe. I mean, like coming in, but passing it off to a new generation instead of just being, you know, ridiculous camos. Playing the characters that they became famous for. Yes. Man. All right. Is it bitch over? Oh, and, and uh, Helen Mirren <laughs> plays the uh, villain, by the way. Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. I'd watch that. Can't, Jacob, what are you going to do? I was actually going to turn it down until, I don't know, 30 seconds ago. Is it Helen Mirren or was it the sea monsters? You know, I think it was a combination reminding me like that you're going to have that director mm-hmm. and that you're going to have. Yeah. I think that the evolution, of the sea monsters, that sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. And I mean, uh, George but, Miller could probably pull it off. It would be chaotic, but it would make sense. It would be, like, of course this movie never get made because like last time it would cost a billion dollars. Well, I think the way they did it last time was wrong. They could use a lot more effects rather than going for but practical. But I, I think you have to realize that Fury Road was, wasn't was even on anyone's radar. Everyone said, oh, yeah, George Miller, who's only directed Happy Feet and Happy Feet 2 in the past 20 years, wants to make another Mad Max movie. Are, I think those are his best movies. Those are important films for people to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and Babe. Babe is awesome. That is a good I movie. love Babe. Yeah, I love Babe, too. <laughs> I get emotional at the end every single time of that movie. Of course you do. I always get it confused with Charlotte's Web a That'll little do, bit. That'll do, Joel. That'll do. <laughs> it's like homeward bound all over again but i mean really he came out of nowhere again to make this fantastic movie the best film of all right fine it's greenlit it's greenlit and so this could happen for Waterworld, and it could be a new franchise that would be so no, exciting yeah, this I mean, isn't yeah. going well if this isn't was, going well if it was he's, really made then yeah he's green lighting everything which means he's going to want to not green light our final pitches let's give our honorable mentions my one my that. one two all right you had 12 i know you, but i cut them down all right what is it <laughs> i mean honestly I'm, I'm saving this for another show, so this is just a tease for when we do another pitch show. <laughs> you big tease. You mean um, next week? Yeah. <laughs> is there anything you want me to watch, Joel? Moulin Rouge. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. Ten times. For another pitch show, you yes. will? No, I'll, make I'll him watch it, it ten Shake times. It. Make him watch it ten Shake times. It. No. Oh, man, you're, you missed he an has opportunity. To watch, he has to watch Moulin Rouge start to finish before we can do another pitch show. You should have made it multiple times. At He's least. not going to do it for a while. No. Maybe like two months. That would have been torture. You're not going to watch in October because that's horror movie month. It's kind of scary to me. All right, let's John hear your... John was in it a lot. <laughs> let's hear this pitch. Okay, I would like to do a sequel to Unbreakable because M. Night Shyamalan... It's over. No way. I, not not greenlighting that. This is all dimensions. You don't actually, have to that but, Oh, okay. I just, I was just trying to be... You just I, have to I, option these ones. I don't care for this guy, but Patton Oswald actually has a pretty brilliant uh, trilogy idea for Unbreakable, and it's pretty fun. You should I'm go sorry, look Patton it up. Patton Oswald does? Yeah. The comedian. I know. Is he a comedian? I'm the not sure. The voice of Ratatouille. Yeah. But actually, it's pretty good, and I can't really beat it. <laughs> voice so. of Ratatouille. Like, that's the main character. <laughs> um, but I would like to see The Sixth Element, the sequel to The Fifth Element with uh, Mila Jojovich. Mm. But this Bruce is a Willis. different idea you're saying right now. Yeah, this he's, is a different he's idea. You're throwing out pitches. Yeah, I'm just throwing out pitches. Okay, so but Sixth, the sixth element. element. Because, you know, it's fun to change the number just a little bit. and Yeah. Interesting. Multipass. What is the sixth element? Is that that Bruce Willis was dead the whole time? <laughs> oh, yeah, it kind of would be, huh? Yeah. <laughs> In the future. Um, mine actually was was one that I was going to do, but then I realized that it already been done, or at least it's being done. But uh, Fletch. You have Fletch, you have Fletch Lives, and then the franchise died. And Chevy Chase is Fletch, and I love these movies. They, yeah, but he's in rehab right now. So. He is. He's, yeah, he's he in rehab. But... Uh, he entered. Is that true? Yes, yeah, it's true. true. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, can we joke about Dude, that? That should have been a real one. That's a good no, one. No, but that's the thing is they've already kicked this around so many times with so many different people. I mean, Zach Braff was attached for a while. Jason Sudeikis was attached recently. But the books, if you haven't read the Fletch books. He's a good cast for it. Yeah, I think Jason yeah, Sudeikis actually. Jason Sudeikis, I think, yeah. did a really good job. See, when Zach Braff was a thing. Sudeikis? Sudeikis. Sudeikis. Rainy. What is your Rainy. deal? Well, we will tell you Sudeikis. how to pronounce these names. Sudeikis. Sudeikis. I don't know. It sounds weird now. <laughs> Sudeikis Ramey. 
Yeah. Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis. No, that sounds right now. Gesundheit. But the books, they have a whole series of books. Like they, Who uh, named these people, though, books? right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven books. One, and two, only four, one of five. those was loosely adapted into a movie. And these books are actually really entertaining. They are a little vulgar. I'll caution any people out there. They're not exactly family friendly. But they are very entertaining books. And I think they could make any of those into a movie. And I think Jason Sudeikis would be a good fit. But it's already been kicked around so many times. And I didn't have a solid idea of which one I would do. Would Chevy Chase be involved at all? I don't think he would. Okay. I I think it's going to be kind of a... A reboot. Well, in, in the, when I started, nobody br- knows what it is anymore. Like you would have to be start from fresh. Basically. Well, when I started, when I started my pitch, it was essentially that Fletch had become like a name, like a kind of a, like a Dear Abby kind of thing. Okay, where he was a columnist, and then different people would take on that mantle and become like the Fletch character. But they would also have to be the Fletch character in real life because the whole point of these things isn't the articles; it's all the adventures he has building up to these articles. And also, journalism is dead, so he'd probably be like a blogger or something Ugh. like that. A <laughs> yeah. vlogger, vlogger Fletch. Oh uh, no. Um, would you green light that? Yeah. Well, maybe. Just say no. I'd so have you have could be details. a little negative in the no, show. No, I like. I'm. I'm not green lighting the sixth element. I bet people will be mad. Like not even thumbs, for a multi pass. Thumbs down. Multi pass. Lilo. Uh, what was the other like, thing you said? Oh, unbreakable. Yeah. You unbreakable. didn't. Even, you didn't even like that idea. You're like patting off. No, no. I'm. All. I'm saving it because I do want to come up with a story because I think it could be great. It was supposed to be it, a trilogy. It, it, it always like needed it. Like Bruce Willis yeah, movies. It always needed yeah. it. I, I think that one really deserves something because that movie was awesome. Especially now because superhero movies are just all the same. And it we needs could use to wait until like, it dies down, though. Heavy drama. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Definitely, I'm definitely holding judgment on Fletch, though. I need more details, but that could be Greenland. No, I think I started my pitch, and I realized it's already been kicking around so much. Of that. course, like the drag comedy from that era isn't really in right now. No, I, I tried to show... I, I showed a, a friend of mine. I was like, who's, who's younger? And I said, you got to watch Fletch. It's one of my favorite movies. I think it's hilarious. And I showed it to him, and he went, me. Yeah. And he's like, Chevy Chase is not my style of humor. And yeah, like, and funny disguises just don't get people anymore. Well, <laughs> funny disguises. It is yeah. true. Well, I mean, but yeah, off, I mean, and for reasons that are good reasons. Primarily 2002's Master of Disguise. Ugh. Why would you bring that up? Turtle. No. Turtle. No. <laughs> Let's not talk about Come that. Come on. Okay. The turtle bit was good, though, right? We no. turtle. No, it wasn't. When Dana Carvey was an actual turtle? <laughs> no. Yeah. That's yeah. comic gold. Man. It was comic gold. Movie is- I did just watch an hour and a half of him being a turtle. It's the bottom <laughs> of the barrel. No one's ever even seen this. So no. are we going to go with our final pitches? Yeah, let's yes. start. Okay, should I go first? Sure. Okay. Decline. <clears throat> it's been 30 years since Lucky Day, Dusty Bottoms, oh, yes. and Ned Nederlander rode off into the sunset, <laughs> sunset from Santo Poco to fight injustice, alleviate suffering, and ensure liberty. It's now 1946, and the three amigos have become legends in Mexican folklore. Meanwhile, the Goldsmith, Goldsmith Pictures has fallen on hard times and is looking for one big hit to save their studio. An aging Harry Flugelman decides to send three screenwriters, played by Lena Dunham, Anna Kendrick, and Jaden Smith. <laughs> what? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, I'm my kidding. God. My, God. <laughs> my stomach turned. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they decide to send three screenwriters, actually played by Nicholas Holt, Domhnall Gleeson, and Jennifer Lawrence, to Mexico to find out what happened to the actors he banished so many years ago. As they trace the heroic tale of the three amigos, the screenwriters begin to write their tales, putting themselves in the middle of the adventures. Will they find the amigos? And if they do, will the men behind the stories match up to the legend? Find out this summer in Three Amigos? With a question mark? 
because why, why is there a question mark? Well, because because the, they don't know how many there are. Well, in the, ti- in the original title, the three? Guys, three amigos. I don't know if you guys remember this, but in the original title, it's the upside down exclamation point and the right side up exclamation point. Oh. So this one, it's just question marks within. So the, that's that makes it a sequel, a punctuation. Yes, it's <laughs> it's never been done before. The the sequel. We've never done a sequel title with with <laughs> inverted question marks as the differentiating factor. <laughs> okay, okay. So what what happens in this movie? So in this movie, uh, the three screenwriters are going to go down and they're going to kind of trace this trying to find the three amigos and as they do they're going to hear these tales are they going to find them well they're they're kind of following their trail and finding out like okay they, they went to here next they went to here next and they're so they're just tracing these and going to town to town and as they do they hear the stories of what happened in the town and then it's this kind of flash back i guess but with those three characters nicholas holt uh from uh warm bodies and mm-hmm. mad max and then Domino Gleason from About Time and Star Wars. Just hanging out with me. It feels weird to say Star Wars on one of these characters. Right. And then Jennifer Lawrence from Jennifer Lawrence. Um, <laughs> you know, Jennifer is. Lawrence, the movie. But they then kind of put themselves in the role. And it's one of those where they're telling the story as it's happening. It's like reenacting it. And then they'll like correct each other. Like, no, that wouldn't happen that way. And they kind of reverse it and try it again. Like, no, he would definitely say something like this. And they would have all these different mini stories within the main story. And it's going to be directed by the Coen brothers. Because who else jumps from genre to genre That's a strange so choice. well? No, you I, no wait, have me. you, have you no. said that like the old guys are going to show up, though? They will. And uh, that's the thing. Is we're going to get the original cast because all three of them are still alive and one of them is in rehab. But <laughs> they're going to show up at the end and there's going to be kind of this moment of them encountering them. And, and it's going to be a comedy. Is there going to be a kiss me on the veranda joke? Because I really like that one. I, that's actually one of my favorites. Too. <laughs> we can go on back. You can kiss me on the veranda. Lips will be fine. Lips will be fine. <laughs> um, it is going to be a comedy, but I, the reason I chose the Coen brothers is because I feel like they're able to do so many different genres. They've done the straightforward Western. They've done straightforward comedy. They've done uh, like uh, film noir. Like they've tried all these different ones. And I think each one of the stories is going to take on kind of a different personality. And that's why I thought they'd be a great choice for it. That's and creative. They get, they get some interesting characters to play. Here, here's too. the thing with the Coen brothers, though, is I feel like this could be brilliant. That could be a brilliant choice. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of rolling the dice. Yeah. You know? that's like, they're so inconsistent. I take chances. <laughs> I live on the edge. <laughs> I live at the edge. I'm a rebel, Dottie. I'm a loner, Dottie. A rebel. <laughs> uh, I did have Edgar Wright originally attached because I love the idea of the flashbacks. It, of like, it doesn't need to be that zany. Yeah, but it, that's yeah, too zany. I pulled it back because I thought Coen brothers could play it a little more straightforward. And I chose those three characters because, personally, just because I think I like them all, and I think they'd be good in those roles. Those are strange choices. It's kind are of going to sing. Are they going to sing Buttercup? My little Buttercup will have to be featured. And why? Why the kid? Whatever his name is, the Warm Bodies kid. Oh, Nicholas Holt. Yeah, why Nicholas? I think Holt? he's a talented, actor. great knack for comedy, and he would actually be the face. Yeah, I mean, he He'd is the, the handsome face. one. Yeah, he is the handsome one. Domhnall Gleeson is kind of awkward. His face in, is weird. In my mind, in really? my mind, yeah. it was. Uh, I don't know because they'd be playing. They'd be playing these <laughs> roles. Like, you're like, I don't know. Nicholas Holt would be the Steve Martin character. Domhnall Gleeson would be the Chevy Chase character, and Jennifer Lawrence would be more the Martin Short character. In these reenactments, Jennifer Lawrence will never be the Martin Short character. I think she'd be Chevy Chase. She's in my movie. Is that what you said? I think she'd honestly be be the Chevy Chase. I think she would be be the kind of... Because she'd be like the drunk one. The oaf. Sorry, Chevy. (laughs) (laughs) Too soon. What happened? You learn this news and you turn it against us just like that? He's a mean dude. just barely found out. Uh, By the way, I did actually write down Lana Dunham, Anna Kendrick, and Jaden Smith. Just Just to make me mad? Just to plug that in there and make you mad. That's rude. It says their names and it says ha next to it in big letters. (laughs) (laughs) I am green lighting the heck out of that. The yes. family friendly out of that. Which, by the way, I will say, I struggled. Can't you know I struggled coming up with these pitches? Mm-hmm. 
And I especially struggled when I realized that I have three 80s comedies that I was doing the sequels for. It was a theme, and I didn't mean for it to be. I fought against it so much. I think it works. I wanted to do a drama. I wanted to do an action. Even Monster Squad, even though it's horror, it's comedy horror. And so I felt like, wow, I am really trapped in the mid, mid, early to mid-80s. And I felt bad about that. So It's all good. I was just going to reboot The Color Purple, but I guess (laughs) whatever. What's the title going to be for the reboot of The Color? (laughs) Go for it. It'll just be a new color. (laughs) The Color Fuchsia? (laughs) Yeah, The Color Fuchsia, obviously. All right, Caitlin, let's hear yours. My number one pick. This is your number one? These are in order. Oh, well. Uh, were yours not in order? Well, they kind of were, I guess. Okay. From strong one. I they were all stronger. good, by the way. But can we just give Joel... No, don't you give me patronizing claps. No, I honestly love them all. I don't need your patronizing claps. No, like yesterday you said, I only really have one idea. Those were three great listener, ideas. Like how green lit. What was your good idea? The three amigos? Listener, we had a conversation where I said, I don't want to do pitch shows because I feel like every time... I give dumb pitches, and then everyone makes fun of me. No, then, not at all. And Kent and Jacob were like, no, no, not at all. <laughs> and then sure enough, I, give, I didn't get any negative feedback this time around. It's because they're overcompensating and patronizing me. Hey, can we do this again in like two weeks? No, no. I, I gave you crap about the movie I never heard of. Yeah, Monster Squad? But that wasn't about my pitch. That was about the movie. Yeah, but it's kind of, kind of related. He gave me more, more crap about the name Raimi. You get, <laughs> that's not even real it's because you guys think I'm a tender flower who can't take criticism now. That's what this well, is. Well, so I don't need your patronizing claps. Well, are you no. a tender flower? Not that unless I'm watching him? Babe yeah. or Homer Bound <laughs> well. or, or Slumdog Millionaire or Moulin Rouge or any of the movies that make me cry. Babe. Babe is a pig touching, in the city. emotionally, st- no, not pig in the city. Pig in the city was dumb. Doesn't even, that, that's wrong to even bring up. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? I'm so sorry. All right. My Joel, number one. I, I, no, no. I loved the last last pitch. That was that was solid. I don't okay. know the Coen brothers. I'm not too sure about. I well, th- you're not too sure about them in general. It's true. I don't know about the middle it's one because I, ne- I have I have no interest or knowledge of the original. You know what was it? Monster squad. squad. Monster Squad. Yeah. It's oh, not that hard. It's a squad that fights monsters. You know. it's, it's called Monster Squad. It's don't you know? Right? Yeah. I don't know. Don't you know? You, okay. So you're not you're not about you're not willing to watch. <laughs> You're not sold on a two-hour movie about kids fighting monsters, but you'll watch 12 seasons of two teens fighting monsters. They're not teens. They're, they're like, like in their 50s right now. <laughs> <laughs> but they're acting like teens. But the thing is, you wouldn't think it'd be good, but like season 17 is the best one yet. <laughs> they actually came out like a few days ago, and they're like, okay, we're thinking we're going to stop at like 300 episodes. 300. Kid. That's ridiculous. 300. Yeah. And you're saying that like you're, you're so excited right now. This is supernatural. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm sad, right? Like because yeah. then it'll then it'll end. <laughs> I, I, I don't care that much, really. You know, it's not going to uh, end though. They're going to let them ride on in the sunset. No, the thing. Well, you, you can't say anything because I've only watched. I'm in season two. But let's get okay. to Kent's pitch. Kent has a pitch. Since when did growing up mean growing out of the things that made us who we are? Our imaginations don't need to wither away and die. Boyhood too. Drop head, drop dead fed. But that is exactly what happened to workaholic Bastion Bucks. Bastion Bucks. With little, Google it. With little parental supervision, his daughter finds a dusty old book with a damaged cover. Little does she know that she is about to reawaken the world of fantasy and the characters she will literally meet. Jillian Bucks is about to play her part in The NeverEnding Story. Oh, oh, Bastion. Bastion. I didn't know his last name. Bastion Balthazar Bucks. BBB. BBB. His parents hated him. They actually never say his his middle or last name in the movie. No, they don't. 
also... I mean, it is called the never-ending story, right? So it kind of makes sense. When I was watching it as a kid, I used to think his name was a bad word. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I used to not want to say Bastion. Is it because he doesn't have a mom? No, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's kind of where I was going. And I was like, is it okay to say Bastion? And my mom's like, yeah. Okay. Just check it, mom. So are you guys familiar with the never-ending story? I haven't heard of it. Yes. Stop that. <laughs> Turn around. Look Tell at me what you see. Take it slow. <laughs> <laughs> I got it right that time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lim Hall, man. The never ending story. This one. <laughs> never. I'm a luck dragon. <laughs> Basically, a giant dog. That crap was yeah. a drug trip, right? A little bit. Yeah. Oh, the oracles creeped me this, out. Well, not only creeped me out, but made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Because the Southern Oracle? Because they were naked. They were. And I, if I ever watch it with parents, I'd be like, uh, I'm not looking. I'm not oh, looking. Me out. There's a part of that movie that creeped me out. And then, of course, we have to bring up our text. Right, Kent? <clears throat> what happens? Why? One of the few don't. times Kent has cried in his life. Please don't. Man, was when that horse just dies, right? He just, he just sunk dies. Into the swamp he just sadness. sinks into the swamp. Just that dead don't horse. Say don't give up. <laughs> don't quit. Artex, please. Oh, man, that don't horse is dead. Don't let the swamp of take you, Artex. How could you be so gleeful about talking about Artex? <laughs> this is the moment that broke me as a child. Yeah. I cried so it, it much that my, my tear ducts dried that, out until now. Is that when the now. child died? Actually, fun fact... There was an elevator for the Swamps of Sadness. That yes. was an elevator. And the kid who played Atreyu, his leg got caught in the elevator. Yep. And he got pulled under the water. He almost drowned. And then when they finally pulled him back up, he was unconscious. Yes. Yikes. Yeah. That's what you get when you get German production. <laughs> and it was the German <laughs> you production. Know what, you know what's worse than that, though? Is when the horse actually died. <laughs> the People, horse is okay. fine. People thought the horse actually died. The horse didn't die. They actually gave it to the kid who played Atreyu. Yeah. But he couldn't take it out of Germany, so they, they, they just left it in Germany. So you they can turned find, him you to can glue? Find it in yeah. Me, yeah, you can find many German glue bottles these days. Oh, <laughs> guys, come on. <laughs> also, this kid who played, uh, his name is Noah Hathaway, the kid who played Atreyu. Yes. He was her all over the place. Like when Gamork, the wolf, comes out of, the, out of his pit he and jumps onto name. Atreyu. I know the wolf's it's name. It's Gamork. Don't look at me like he knows the wolf's name. It's Gamork. Like, yeah. like everybody it's, knows. It's G apostrophe. <laughs> M-O-R-K. Oh Mork. my gosh, you guys are crazy. I've had Gamork. He's the messenger for the nothing. Yeah. Let's go back to when the it's, horse dies. It's the nothing. Big. So when Gamork. Strong. Hands. <laughs> Al Gore. <laughs> Big strong hands. Watch out for the nothing. Because we kept our toasters plugged in. We're getting destroyed now. <laughs> so when Gamork jumped onto Atreyu, Atreyu, and Atreyu had his knife and basically, or a sword or whatever. It I think was, it was a it knife. Was a stone Oh, shard. that's what it was. Yeah. And he stabbed the wolf, and so the wolf died. That was like an animatronic, obviously. Look, he has a name. Don't just call him the wolf. Gamork. Oh. <laughs> when Gamork. And so this thing was an animatronic, and it lands on Noah Hathaway. Yep. Scratch, like... Almost like almost flattens him, and the claws are so sharp they're like right here, like like Mission Impossible Tom Cruise style. You just almost referenced Mission Impossible Two. I want I want you to acknowledge that's Mission Impossible One. It's two. It's one. It's two on the beach after the motorcycle fight when he throws he stabs the knife and it goes right. I'm actually the talking he's, about he's talking about one the subway when he, when train one. Oh, I thought about the when knife, the helicopter comes through the knife by his oh. eye. Okay, we yeah. could also go there. Okay, that was based off of Gamork and Atreyu actually. <laughs> But yeah, this kid was like abused and it really was a strange German production. And actually another fun fact, the original Arn, and by the way, the Arn is that snake necklace. It's also on the cover of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Steven Spielberg. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Steven Spielberg has that in his office. He has the original Arn. You and Steven saw that? You saw it at Steven's office? Yeah. He invited me over. Stevie. Stevie. Stevie Stevie Ramey. Steve-o. 
I don't know. Okay, so Anyways. go on with your pitch about uh, what's going to happen here. Because we there was a never-ending story, two And three. And three. I forgot about three. You're totally right. So in two, it was Jonathan Brandis. And actually... From Sequest fame. Yes. Rest in peace, Jonathan Brandis. Yes. So actually, one and two actually tell the story of the first book. Because the first book are, is the first two movies. And then the third one has Jack Black as a bully and the kid from Free Willy. And they just made up their own crap. Like, it was garbage. You're totally right. I forgot And about the second movie. one was lesser. I mean, they had a different kid playing Bastion. They had a weird glass head with red memory balls in it. It was kind of like they're like, hey, you know what was a good idea? Return to Oz. Let's make yeah. a movie like that. Let's disturb children. <laughs> so in this movie... We're not going to get the kid who plays Bastion from the original because, well, he looks gross. <laughs> he, he, he looks gross? That's wow. the reasons? He's, yeah. That's, that's harsh. He's a bit weird looking if you want to look him up. I've looked him up before, but that's harsh. Anyways, <laughs> now playing Bastion will be James McAvoy. Oh, of course, your crush. Go ahead. <laughs> he's a great actor. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he's a great actor. <laughs> he's not a child. I love his face, his body, blah, Does blah, blah. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Does he look like he's going to have a mom that's named Moonchild? It's not... Uh, yes, actually, yes. Right. And by the way, yes, it, he says Moonchild. He gives the name, the Empress, the name Moonchild. Just take that... that <laughs> yeah, if you didn't know... The full body picture out of the if shower. If you didn't know, though, because... Okay, that's you, weird. Because like, like me, you turn on the subtitles so you could hear what Bastion yells when they say, Save my name! And he goes out there and goes... <laughs> All it says was yelling on the closed caption. And I was like, you failed me, closed captioning. You failed me. Yeah, that's a false ending right there. And then I found out it was Moonchild. That's his mom's name. But this is the reason for my idea, because I would love to Bastion see... Bastion BB Mac Bucks. <laughs> I would love to see James McAvoy play this workaholic, like a mortgage consultant, just some humdrum job where he kind of hates life. He is a widower, and he has a young daughter who is like 13, and played by Mackenzie Foy, who is in Interstellar. Okay. She played Murph. So basically, you're just getting your uh, highlight reel right now of all your favorite movies. Why not? Okay. Honestly, why not? But he's trying to be a good dad, but all he can really do is support her financially, and he's not really there for her emotionally. So he's kind of basically his father from the first movie. Right. And so she, of course, is like him as a kid. It's almost like a soft reboot, but an extension of the stories we know. Okay. Okay. And so his father passes away. They're cleaning out his house, just taking care of his possessions. So she finds this old book and it's the never ending story. And she's like, dad, what's this? He's like, I don't know. I, he's yeah. forgotten. He's forgotten Fantasia. Okay. And this is what happens in the story. Basically. How, how has he forgotten? Well, it was a really because forgettable be- Disney movie. I mean, really, you only remember Mount, Night on Bald Mountain and uh, <laughs> the Wizard's <laughs> Apprentice, Sorcerer's Apprentice. Gamork and... But he uh, stabs Gamork. <laughs> but no, that wasn't him. That, that was Atreyu. Oh. Keep, keep in mind, Bastion That's was right. reading the NeverEnding Story up in the attic of the school the entire time. And Bastion oh, is yeah, a part yeah. of... Here's the reason I love the NeverEnding Story. And it's honestly... I, I, am I going to watch it all the time? No, because I don't want to ruin it at my age. Because it probably would be ruined a little it's bit. It's still good. Is it? It's still good. Okay. That's unlikely. It's because well, it's so trippy. But here's the beautiful thing of it, Jake. This kid goes mm-hmm. to this attic. He's reading this book. And then they start referencing Bastion in this adventure. And they actually need him to complete the adventure. And then they start referencing the person watching the NeverEnding Story movie. So not Whoa. only does it break, I mean, it breaks all sorts of walls. And I love it because it makes you part of that story. And you love says, your own pitch. No, no, this is the never-ending story pitch. Oh, okay, okay. And I, I do love my own pitch. Yeah. So essentially, this reboot <laughs> sequel of never-ending story will be her on it, her own adventure reading this book. In fact, when she opens the book never-ending story, all of a sudden there's a spark in the darkness. It's almost like a big bang where she opens up this book. Right. And because that's the imagination coming to it's life. It's the imagination coming to life. Yeah. And the world is created again. And there's a tray you and everyone. And there's disgust and joy and sadness and anger and all no. the emotions. Oh, no. <laughs> Bing bong. 
no bing bong he's gone so he's, and he's sunk in the swamps of sadness <laughs> yeah <laughs> but this will basically be her on an adventure and what she realizes that she needs to save this world and make this world known again she needs to save her dad and make her dad remember everything he experienced before and when she does and he touches the rn for the first time in 30 years this this world is touches re- his arm the rn i'm just messing with you yeah i know <laughs> This world is reopened, and by the way, it's going to be like this spreading. Uh, sorry, it's going to sound like an outbreak, but the all the adults of the world will be touched with this same sort of energy. Spreading, touching, and adults. That's what I just heard right there. <laughs> Anyways, so it was kind of awkward, right? <laughs> only to the dirty-minded, Jacob. Right, yes, only going. to the filthy-minded. So all these people who are just in their jobs and their dreams are kind of demolished will remember Narnia. They'll remember Hogwarts. They'll remember the books and fantasies of their youth. Right. And they'll remember their dreams again and how these worlds were all real. Who's directing this? This is directed by Alfonso Cuaron, who oh. directed Gravity, Harry Potter, and The Prisoner of Azkaban, mm-hmm. Children of Men. Yep. I think he he's he can handle blockbuster movies, but he's also so artsy that yada, I think yada, he can yada, really yada, do yada. this. Who's doing the theme song? that's it bless you Remy Lamal is is Lamal still around you should check is he in rehab possibly but I think this could actually be this could be dark enough almost like a Harry Potter type movie that it could take itself seriously but I do think this could be great for kids and adults alike because it would be just as much about the adults as it is about a kid on an adventure. Right now look I'm a little confused though. Yes. Like how do all the books come to life in this story? I don't know by the end it will be some magical thing. <laughs> <laughs> These are pitches. These aren't full-fleshed scripts. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the imagination will come back to the world and that's what Neverending Story one of the themes is is don't let this die. Always remember this. In yeah, fact, yeah, just keep message. the magic alive. Uh, he's still alive, by the way. And he was recently on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here in oh. 2012. Oh. So he needs some work. I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here? It's one of those reality shows. They go on an island and yeah. Yeah. So I'm a little bit worried about this one because it was a lot of details, but. All right, Jacob. Give us the final answer. Green lighter denial. Well, you love right. it so Green much. Green light going to pass. I love it so much. It's. it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the Never Ending Story? Yeah, yeah. I okay, watched it lots all of I'm times saying, as a kid. Here's what I want you to see. This I is... laughed every time that stupid horse died. <laughs> I'm going to murder you. <laughs> you realize you're just making a listener mad, too. Here's what I want you to picture. Here's what I want you to picture. Sweeping music. We were just talking about scores. Sweeping music comes Turn up. Around. No, it's the... Then all of a sudden, you see... That's Newsies. You see Falcor come up, and guess who's writing him? Old James McAvoy with his hand up in the air going, Patrick Stewart? Yeah. 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 Patrick Stewart. No, not old, old James McAvoy. <laughs> James McAvoy going, yeah, just like he did when he was a kid, remembering what it was like to be a kid again and remembering that he doesn't have to let that go. Okay. That's the moment. By the way, fun fact, the voice of Falcor is the same voice as Skeletor. Who yeah, is it? Know. I don't remember his name, but I know it's the same voice. Okay. I watched this voice actor. He's like, I'm the voice of Skeletor and Falcor. I'll get you next time, He-Man. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What's it it called? The NeverEnding Story. Because we might as well just start it. It's just the original title. Yes. I was thinking like NeverEnd or something like that, but it's just the NeverEnding Story. The NeverEndinger Story. No. (laughs) Or stories, if you prefer. Ah, stories. The still, (laughs) this is the story that never ends. 
It just goes on and on, my friend. So is this? It's just a, it's just a love pitch. Do you think this would make money? Do you think people would watch this? Yes, with the right director, um, I think the cast would help. But the right director and a new fantasy movie, because really, there's no young adult movies coming out anymore. And this one would be perfect for like the 13 year old crowd. Plus, pl- parents would love to see this because it's the never ending story. I kind of don't want to see it though. This is the trouble. Like, okay, like you you love it a lot, but I don't know if I want to see it. Would you see it, Joel? I'd see it. Right? As long as it had Lim Hall's theme song. It would have Lim Hall's theme song. I but mean, a if, this was, version, if this was Joel's pitch. Which fades in and fades out so it never ends. That's awesome. And never, there's no start, no beginning. But I'm saying this could be a franchise at this point. Look, if Joel pitched this, I'd say it was awesome. But, <laughs> <laughs> but because I care so much and you hate Artex. <laughs> Artex? Artex. Oh, I forgot his name after he died. I don't know. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> Jacob, you're not just bugging Kent. You're bugging the listener. You're going to get so crazy. much hate this. That is the number one thing that's made me cry. No, seriously, if you if you ask most children of the 80s, like their emotional points of their movie watching, it's basically E.T. freaking them out in the cornfield (laughs) and Artex dying. Sounds like a euphemism. Everything's a euphemism. (laughs) We should not let Jacob drink before the show. Right. Uh, No, I'll I'll green light it. I think you're being kind, but I will take it. No, I I, green light everything. Well, not your your honorable mentions were were pretty weak. Yeah. Intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of weak. And, and I'm still holding judgment on the, you know, Munster crew or whatever. <laughs> How hard is it to remember the name? Monster crew goals. <laughs> yeah, why, why goals. is it goals anyway? What does that even mean? Squad it's a goals. crappy meme. It's squad goals. It's a meme. Oh. Millennials. Okay. Ask your children. But uh, if you want to find me, you can find me at 786Joel on Twitter, or you can find me at Quick Wits. They perform every Saturday night at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the Quick Wits Facebook page. Also, just want to shout this out. Quick Wits just won the uh, City Weekly Awards for Best Improv Troupe again. So go Quick Wits. Nice. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Um, if you want to find me this weekend, I'll be watching The NeverEnding Story Labyrinth and Legend. So... Look for me at my house. Nice. Crying and eating Legend. bad food. Just all the 80s classics. Maybe yeah. Dark Crystal. Oh, why are you disturbing yourself? <laughs> it is a little disturbing. I'm surprised Legend is, is up there with them. But Legend is cool. one of them. I mean, Tim Curry's role oh, alone. Those giant horns. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was crazy. crazy. Anyways, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Kenny3DD. If you want to go to see my movie reviews, it's ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you want to see me on TV, KJS Channel 14 every Friday morning at 830. Yeah. And if you want to pitch more stuff too, let us know. Like if you have ideas, oh, oh, people can pitch to us. Yes, oh, on Facebook and on BaconCell.com and on Twitter, anywhere we are. Because you know, I was about to be like, okay, so next week, yeah, when we do another pitch show, not have so I'll be watching Moulin Rouge. You're not, yeah. He's gonna watch it this week. Yeah, yeah. You you set yourself up for failure. We're there. not doing another pitch show next week. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers, and I should also probably admit something, guys. What's that? I cried when the horse died. Are you being serious? Yeah, I totally did. Jacob doesn't have emotions. He totally just, did. He's trying to relate to humans again. We need to tell him <laughs> not to do that. Kids, kids, he's hugging he's me. Hugging me. Kent Kent is, is literally <laughs> hugging him right now. It's a very, it's a very better. delicate hug. He oh, just wow. caressed him with his beard hair. <laughs> Feel better. <laughs> Thanks, Kent. This has been Bacon Sale. One at a time. One at a time. One more time. We're going to... Get you my peripheral saw enough. All right, guys, this everyone's bringing. I've seen the comment section. There are no hugs. Can we do a pitch show every week? Can we pitch? Can we pitch things? I want to pitch things. Can we pitch it? You know, that's a good idea. We should greenlight that. Geek alarm! Geek alarm! Be excellent to each other. 
No, can't you see? You've got a standard you got to meet here, and the fact is, if you don't meet it, Joel and I will mock you. Sam Raimi, is that how you say that? Yeah, Sam Raimi. Ramai, Ram, Ramai. It's pronounced Sam. I'm, I'm never sure. It sounds weird. What? Sorry, keep going. <laughs> it's Raimi. It's Raimi. <laughs> You're Raimi. I know you just made up the Raimi thing, right? No, that's not even real. I, Ram, I am. What were you saying? <laughs> Raimi. Ramy Upton. Raimi. Raimi. Okay, I'll go with my next pitch. Yep, let's hear it. And it better not have Sam Raimi in it. So there's a mirror, and it says, find me on it. Greenlit. What? You're greenlit. I like it. Really? Yeah. Because of that. I'm already in. All hell apple. Wolfman's got nards. Wolfman's got nards? Kick him in the nards. Wolfman doesn't got nards. Kick him there anyway. (laughs) Wolfman's got nards. Is it better or worse than the Nards moment? Stop hating on it, Ken. (laughs) Just because everyone likes it doesn't mean you don't have to. Take that. All my (laughs) friends are heathens, don't you know? Take it slow. Wait, you saw the postman but you didn't see Monster Squad? Darn right. Has it been debunked by Al Gore? (laughs) If the polar ice caps melt, you're gonna get penguins in your desert. Polar ice caps are the caps that are on poles. The North Pole and the South Pole. Those are important films for people to watch. I am greenlighting the heck out of that. The yes. family friendly out of that. So they go into the ocean to do their business and then they would get tired, probably. <laughs> you big tease. I didn't get any negative feedback this time around. It's because they're overcompensating and patronizing me. I did just watch an hour and a half of him being a turtle. I used to think his name was a bad word. <laughs> Is it because he doesn't have a mom? That crap was yeah. a drug trip, right? Watch <laughs> out for the nothing, because we kept our toasters plugged in. We're getting destroyed now. This is the moment that broke me as a child. Big, strong hands. <laughs> Let's disturb children. We're not going to get the kid who plays Bastion from the original because, well, he looks gross. Oh, he's a great actor. <laughs> I love his face, his body, blah, Does blah, blah. Like- you failed me, closed captioning. You failed me. I'm a tender flower who can't take criticism now. Spreading, touching, and adults. That's what I just heard right there. I don't know. By the end, it will be some magical thing. I laughed every time that stupid horse died. Sounds like a euphemism. Ramy. This movie. The worst last name ever.